We're going to continue in Ephesians 4. And the big message of Ephesians 4 is to walk in unity. Walking in unity. That's the theme of everything we've been studying and learning. I want you to look at these two brothers right here. These two dear brothers, hey, it's a picture of walking in unity. You see what they're doing right there, right? You know what that says? That says, I agree with you. I'm one with you in Christ, under Christ, for Christ. You know, our charge group has developed this habit. It's, it's more like our charge group culture where when we start, we just naturally kind of circle up. We huddle up, then we grab hands. We all look at each other smiling. A couple people make jokes. They're always like, do we have to hold hands so long? And, and a bunch of folks are like, hey. You know, like they're trying to tell them we're unifying ourselves. This is a physical expression of our inward submission to our Lord and to each other. We're holding hands saying, I'm in unity with you. Unity of the faith. We're going to talk about that today, what that looks like. All right, let's do a quick review of, of what we've seen in the last month. Walk in a manner worthy of the... Here's an, a disclaimer. Today is a little bit different than, than usual. We're going to have a lot of things on the slide today. So there's going to be a... I'm, I'm basically, the whole message is on the slides. So for those of you who aren't used to that, get ready. That's, it's just a little bit different. All right, so walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. Remember those words, maintain the unity and the bond of peace. Those words right there were a picture of maturity. This is, there is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, all and in all. He's through all and all. You know what that says? There is one for all, Jesus. And we now are all for one, Jesus. One for all, all for one. 360 unity. Unity up, unity down, unity all around. We moved forward last week. Pastor Hyden took us here. He explained grace to us in a, in a deeper way, a fresh way. Common grace, saving grace, ministry grace. Everyone in the body of Christ in his church has been graced, gifted by him, for him. The gift always comes from him. And the gift always brings glory to him. Then we came to verse 11 and 12. This is important because the verses we're going to look at today, 13 and 14, come all the way back here. It's actually four verses are one big sentence. This is one big amazing idea and truth. It was he who gave some, all the different giftings, to equip the saints. Who are the saints? Us, the believers, the body of Christ, born again for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, to equip and to build up. Spiritual gifts are always for the building up of the body. Spiritual gifts are part of our maturing process because it's not about us. It's about him. And it's about his body. Spiritual gifts always build up. The verb to equip back there in that verse was often used in the medical world in Jesus' day. And it referred to the restoring of broken bones. 
That's what equip meant. In Matthew 4.21, it's translated as mending. Same word. Same thing in other places too. It was describing the fishermen, the disciples, cleaning and repairing their nets, getting ready for the next night's fishing. Equipping, you see? Restoring, repairing, cleansing, getting ready. Equipped saints serve. You hear that? What does the preaching of the word do? It restores, it repairs, it cleanses us. It gets us ready. It, it, it mends and heals our brokenness. Amen? Amen? Look at this quote here. Similarly, these very ministries of God's word restore lives to spiritual health and strength to prepare them for future service. This is a good part right here. Thus the fellowship where the word of God is expounded and applied in the spirit becomes a hospital for the sick. My wife, Saham, always says, church is not a museum for saints. It's a hospital for sinners, for sick, <laughs> and a gymnasium to build up spiritual strength and stamina. It goes on to say this. Here, the ministry of the word of God does its own healing, cleansing, transforming work on our sinful, broken lives. Its goal is not just educational, but transformational to sanctify the whole life. You know, Siham and I went to a missionary training school back in 2006. The most amazing part of that whole experience happened in the last 15 minutes of our entire time we spent, weeks training and, and intensives and all that stuff. And during the final ceremony of being appointed and commissioned, we were given towels. And the towels were draped over our arms. And on the towel, it literally said, sent to serve. And you know, when Sammy, see, Ham and I got to the mission field and things got tough and we were broken and we were overwhelmed and intimidated and tired, all the stuff that life brings, when that happened to us, we remembered. God would often encourage us. We would be asking God, what do we do? How do we keep going? Remember, it's not about your ability. It's about your availability. You have been sent to serve. So what would we do? We would get up, we would go out, and we'd say, what are the needs? How can we help? Stay available. We've been sent to serve. Look what Jesus says here. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. It's always worth it. This is part of the greatest adventure and journey. It's more than we can imagine or think of what Jesus has in store for us, has in store for us. And here's one thing. You may say, well, I follow Jesus, but I, I don't know if I'm ready to serve. Then you don't follow Jesus. Because if we follow Jesus, this is where he leads us. There will my servant be also. All right, we're about to dig into the verses for today. As Pastor Hyden would say, are you ready? Are you hungry? For real food, spiritual food? All right, then let's eat. Here's our verses for today. Uh, okay, how long do we continue to be equipped, us saints, for the building up the body? How long do we keep doing that? We do it until. Until what? Until we all attain to the unity of the faith. Remember the picture? 
and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. Some translations say adulthood. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that, here's the reason why, because so that we may no longer be spiritual children. Tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine. That's teaching, interpretation of the word. By human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. See, here, here's what we're to do. Rather than that, we're to learn to speak the truth in love. The Greek says we're to truth it out. We are to grow up. How? In every way. So you and I like to compartmentalize our lives. Grow up in every way. Into what? Into him who is the head, Jesus Christ. Whew, that's a lot. Thank you, Lord. That's our verses for today. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Whew. What's the big idea? Here it is. The big idea. Oh, here. Look, at these two words are really important, mature and child, children. What, what God is doing is contrasting those two positions, those two postures, those two realities for us. What's the opposite of mature? Immature. Childlike. What, what's the opposite of being childlike? Mature. Adulthood. What's the bridge between those two? Right here. The way to move from being spiritual children to adult, spiritual adults is right here. I know you would think, oh, yeah, I get it, but I'm not there yet. And I keep making my mistakes and I keep blowing it. I keep stumbling. It's true. The Bible says we all stumble in many ways. But this is an amazing journey. Don't let that throw you off. You know what has been happening? For us who know Jesus Christ, the ultimate gift has been given. The gift of God is eternal life. Growing up is us unwrapping the gift. Getting to know the gift. Experiencing and enjoying the gift of eternal life. Remember, we learned a while back, what is eternal life? It's not just living forever. It is the life of Christ alive in me, me alive in the life of Christ now. It's the life of Jesus working in me now, experiencing him now, transforming me from the inside out. Again, what's the big idea? It's right here. It's unity and maturity. That's what we're talking about today. I know those verses look big and heavy. Hang in there. It's, I think God's going to tie it all up, wrap it up nicely for us today so that we can say, okay, what is it saying? What does it mean for me? Now, how do I take this out of here today? And it changes my life. I live differently today because of your word. I'm going to move into mature adult, adulthood, no longer spiritual inf infants, growing up into every way in him. Those are the three big ideas in those scriptures. The result of a church's unity is the church's Maturity. You remember the picture I showed you of those, of those brothers? You know, I have the undeserved privilege of being able to open God's word today for us, with us. And do you know what's happening today, spiritually speaking? Pastor Hyden and I are holding hands. I'm holding hands with, with our Pastor Hyden, with my Pastor Hyden. Yeah, and I get to stand and share the word of God because we have the unity of the faith. We have unity in many areas, but the most important thing is the unity of the faith that we have. We, we grow into maturity while we are serving, doing the work of the ministry. Service is essential to growth and maturity. I know you would say, well, I'm not ready to serve because I'm not yet mature. 
is true. The Word of God says that immature people should not be put in positions of leadership. But everybody in the body of Christ is called to serve. Everybody serves somebody. You cannot grow if you don't serve. You cannot follow Jesus if you don't serve because that's where Jesus, amen, thank you. That's where Jesus leads us. Jesus himself said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve, to give my life. We're going to, uh-huh, so that we will no longer be children. Wait, I think we jumped ahead. No, we didn't. Sorry about that. <laughs> Maturity. What's the opposite of maturity? To be childlike. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I think we go back. Let's go back, brother. Go back to uh, so that we may no longer be children. That's it. This is, this is in verse 14. We're going to work backwards through the verses today. We do all this stuff so that what? So that we may no longer be children. Now, Remember, Jesus spoke highly of children. Let the little children come to me. Unless you humble yourself and change, become like a little child, you cannot see, experience, or be in the kingdom of God. Jesus said that. He wasn't talking about childishness. He was talking about childlike faith. Children are trusting. Children learn. They're teachable. And children are forgiving. See, these are the qualities Jesus was talking about. But this is talking about something else. The Greek word for this children here, see, we don't see it in English. It actually means an infant, one who does not talk, is the, the word-for-word -word translation. No longer be like someone so helpless and, and so immature, they cannot even express themselves yet. That's what that means. Look at this quote here. See, you are birthed into the family of God. You come in as an infant. You don't even know what to say. All you know is, what you've, is that you've received Jesus into your heart. Now, that's amazing. We're going to talk about that. You've received Jesus. That's awesome. Now, we have the gift. What these verses are talking about is experiencing the gift, unpacking the gift. Don't, don't let your mind take you to a place where you say, oh, this message is not for me because I don't want to hear about all this growth and maturity stuff. I just want to hear about the blessings. We fail to realize the blessings are inside there. Many of the most amazing blessings. See, all you know is that you've been saved. You are, now you are to grow out of that stage. It goes on to say this. We are to grow to a child, then grow to an adult. We are to, to become full grown in the Lord Jesus Christ. No longer children, spiritually. And he gives two characteristics of children. They're immature people. See, there's helplessness and instability. A child can't take care of themselves yet, let alone anybody else. They are people who have not allowed themselves to be equipped. Let that sink in. Spiritual children are those who have not allowed themselves to be equipped. This verse goes on to say in 14, Don't be little children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine. What does that mean? We should no longer... Be little children, blown around by every wind of doctrine. See, that's correct interpretation of the scriptures. That's truth. You know what truth is? God's view of a matter. Truth is what God says it is. That's truth. 
See, that's, that's correct doctrine. What is truth? What the Word of God says it is. See, when we are immature, someone can come. We could turn on the radio and hear some kind of message maybe. And the message says, all roads lead to God. And all religions are going to the same place if you just be a good person. But Jesus said, you must be born again. Back in the garden, we lost something. We are spiritually dead. We need Jesus to revive our spirit, to come alive again. Amen? Right? But to, if we're little children, we'll hear something, and it sounds great. See, and we're tossed to and fro by those waves of doctrine. Unstable. Right? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Right? All right, so we're no longer tossed around like that. Let's look at this next quote. See, that's a tragic picture of an infant, infant in Christ. It's a tragic picture of some people who will not be equipped, right? Restored, repaired, cleansed, healed, broken. They will not die to self. That is part of maturing. They continually let the word of God stay outside their lives. Comes in the mind, but never in the heart. Never in the lifestyle. They are unstable. They are on shifting sand. Word of God says this. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, see, a spiritual adult, I gave up childish ways. There was a, there was a mom who put her son to bed and went in the other room. And let's just say that this little boy's name is Epaph. The mom's name might have been Nina. Now, this is a fictitious story. I'm just injecting some names. And, and uh, about an hour later, the mom, Nina, heard a thump. Boom! She knew what it was. Epaph had fallen out of bed. Nina ran in the room and said, Son, what happened? Said, mom, I think I stayed too close to where I got in. See, that's what happens to you and I. We stay too close to where we got in. It's like, huh, the gift of God is eternal life. It's the free gift of God. We don't work for it. We don't earn it. It's given to us. We get it. And then what happens is we receive the gift and we stay right there. We never open it. We never unpack it. We never experience it. We never learn to walk in it and enjoy it. We don't even fully know what the gift is. All we know is we have it. I got Jesus, but I don't even know what it looks like and what it feels like, what the experience of following him is like, because I've never even taken my first step. I stayed right by where I first got in. Now you got in, that's good. Everybody needs to be in. Amen. I stayed too close to where I got in. Here is the message today. This is the whole point of the message. It is time for you and I to take off the bib and put on a towel. Amen? Look, you're not the only one. I still got my bib, too. I just put it on when you're not looking. <laughs> but it's time to take it off and, uh, and put on the towel. Do I deserve the towel? No. Am I mature enough to really carry the towel? I don't feel like it. That's not what Jesus asked me. All right, now let's move. Now let's unpack our verses. My brother John is in the house today. John has something he likes to say. He likes to say, you know, sometimes I like to swim with the whales. I like to dive deep. So we're going to do a deep dive for the next few minutes. And, and we're going to move through this so we can get to the application. 
I just want you to track with me because these are, this is heavy, but it's wonderful. Keep that in mind. We're unpacking a gift. This, is not, this shouldn't be burdensome. Following Jesus is an amazing adventure. This is what following Jesus looks like, and this is the result of what following Jesus brings. Look at this word right here, we. Huge word. See, maturity looks like this. It's no longer about me. It's about we. How many parents are in the room today? How many have kids? Right? Here's something you want your kids to move away from. Me, 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 me. It's all about me. Feed me. Do for me. Give me. Leave me alone. I'll do it all by myself. Right? We want our children to move away from me to we. What about your brother? What about your sister? Right? I want to give you an example of me and we. Let's unpack some more of the gift. Uh, in January, one, our youngest granddaughter, she's eight, she gave an envelope. Not this envelope. My 10-year-old granddaughter gave us this envelope a couple days ago. You know what this is for? This is for us to take back to our spiritual family in Africa. So in January, eight-year-old gave me an envelope, me and Siham, that had 30-something dollars in it. That's a lot of money for an eight-year-old. And she said, here, Grandpa, take that with you for our family over there. You see that? Eight years old. Do you know what she's doing? She's saying, man, it's not just about me. It's about we. I want, I want to share what I have. Something we always say to the grandkids, it's a joke. Sharing is caring. Now they know that, but not when it comes to snacks. They will not share their snacks. Are, are any of your kids or grandkids that way? When it comes to food and drinks and chocolate milk, they will not share. They get to take mine, but I don't get any of theirs. And I keep saying, sharing is caring. And they say, no, it's not. No, it's not. But they know it is. Look at that. The 10-year-old just came and said, take that with you. Take it to our spiritual family in Africa. Sharing is caring. You see what that is? That's maturity. She's growing up in Christ. All right, till we all attain. Cool word, attain, in the Greek. It actually means to come and meet. To come and meet something we already know. To come and meet something we already have. Let's go on to this one. The, the church's unity, it's already been given. See, unity is to be maintained and also attained, like fully realized. Remember back in verse 3, we, we went through it uh, earlier. It said, be eager to maintain the unity of this. How can you maintain something if it's not already there? You have to maintain it means you got it. Take care of it. It's been given. We've been given unity with God, and now we have the unity of God. You could say it this way. When we come to Jesus, we get peace, peace with God. I get a right relationship with God. God looks at me now and approves of me and says, son, your sins are forgiven. You and me, we're cool now right? It's not that sin's not a problem. Sin's a problem. It kills us. But Jesus took care of my problem on the cross, right? Jesus took care of my problem and said, here you go, son. It's a gift. It's for you. I heard something just this past week. It said, if you think Jesus doesn't like you or doesn't love you, he likes you more than you can imagine, loves you more than you can imagine, When God killed his own son for you, he did all the loving you he could do. God so loved the world, he gave. He gave. And we now have received. And now we're learning to honor what we've received, to live it out. 
Unity has to be maintained. All right, let's go on. The unity of the spirit. I mean, the unity of the faith. This is really important. See, faith here is referring to biblical truth, Christian doctrine. It's not referring to saving faith. It's referring to trusting faith, the trusting like in God's word, in God's ways, in his principles. This is moving from salvation to obedience. That's that kind of faith. The unity of the faith is the shared understanding in the church of the great truths revealed in the scriptures. You see the two brothers in the picture? Me and Pastor Hyden holding hands. Us holding hands right now. We are unified under and around the word of God. That's unity of the faith. Let's go back one more. Yep, when we learn to, to serve faithfully, doing the work of the service, then the body is building up in spiritual maturity. You see, the unity of the faith is a natural result. When you and I do this, unity of the faith is a natural result. It comes out of it. Look at our brothers again. Unity of the faith. Now, does unity mean exact sameness? No. You see, we, you and I, Jesus' saving work on the cross is the basis for our spiritual unity. Christians are united over the essentials of the faith, such as the authority of Scripture, the deity of Jesus Christ, his substitutionary death, resurrection, and promised return. Human sinfulness, the need for a Savior. You and I are unified around those truths. See, we can have differences over non-essentials and still have unity and still be holding hands. Amen? All right, let's move on. Again, we're unpacking this amazing, power-filled verse. Knowledge of the Son of God. Attain the unity of faith in the knowledge of the Son of God. The word for knowledge there is pretty amazing. Epignosis. It is full knowledge that is correct and accurate. This is experiential knowledge, not knowing about See, this is not just to know about God, but knowing God directly, personally. That's what's necessary for maturity. See, if you and I don't truly get to know Jesus by following him, we can never mature. We mature when the knowledge of the faith, hearing, is put into practice, the doing. Faith comes from and hearing by the message of Christ. Don't just be hearers of the word, be Amen. Look what Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. See, he doesn't just know our identity, he knows us intimately, and he wants us to know him the same way. That's what this is. He, that's, that's opening it, oh, that's who you are, that's who I am now, that's what we get to experience. You cannot know Jesus Christ until you Follow him. Hearing and doing go hand in hand. See, that's following. We have to see and hear what it looks like and follow it. All right, now let's get to the last part of that verse. Well, we're not there yet, almost. Mature manhood or mature adulthood. What does it look like? That means God wants you and me to fulfill our humanity. The design for us is that God intended when he created for us when he created the first man. God's design is what he created in the garden. That's what that's saying. Adam and Eve, God's original intention for humanity. That word that was put in there for maturing, it has to do with you and I being fully matured emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. This is a comprehensive maturity, not just grown physically. That's not even considered mature. 
It's possible to be grown and be immature, is it not? It's possible to be small in stature and be pretty mature, isn't it? All right. And, and what, uh-huh, a mature Christian is constantly growing in Christ, constantly learning to think and act like him. Well, how do we learn that? How does that happen? A mature Christian centers their life on Jesus. How? Prayer, worship, Bible study, fellowship, the body life, this life together that you and I have, and other spiritual disciplines. It doesn't just happen by talking about it. It happens by doing it. How do we do it? We follow him. What does following him look like? It looks like this. This is part of following him. All right, now, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, what does that mean? Here's what it means. God's goal is that we become like Jesus. That's God's goal. That's a big goal. It's an amazing goal. Look what the Word of God says in Romans. For those he foreknew, he also predestined. God, this is God's idea. He planned it, and it was a setup. For me and you, it's, it's a setup. And what we've we been set up for? To be conformed to the image of his son. Amen? All right. Now, let's go ahead. Maturity involves Christ-likeness. Did you see that? Jesus is the ultimate picture of maturity. See the stature measured by Christ's fullness. Is there any... Body more mature than Jesus? Fully God, fully man. Our standard and our goal is Jesus. And, and that's what this is, right? The gift I've received, eternal life. The life of Christ alive in me. Me alive in the life of Christ. That's Jesus living his life in and through me. That's me being transformed. I'm, I've already been transformed. Even, even though I still carry some baggage, just so y'all know. I don't want you to think too highly of me. I still got some baggage. I came to Christ with a big old bag, and he's been unpacking it for me for some years, but I still got a bag that he's unpacking. Like sometimes I still carry around stuff. It don't even belong to me no more. That's not who I am. That, that's not who, who, who he intends for me to be, but I pick it up anyway sometimes, and I, need, I have to put it down, and I have to pick up what he gave me who I am in Christ. Yeah, and so am I fully mature yet? No, but, I, but I'm making progress. See, that's, that's the goal. Are you making progress? See, I'm not the same person anymore. I don't walk the same, talk the same, think the same, act the same. How did it happen? The gift of God, the gift of eternal life. That's what happened to me. I hope it's happened to you. If it hasn't, then today is the day. All right, what we're talking about here. It's, such, it's so big and it seems so heavy. There's a Bible word for this. It's called sanctification. It, it, in one way, we've already been sanctified. When we were saved, we were washed clean. We were made holy. Jesus himself, when he prayed for us, said, Father, when I was with them, I sanctified them. Now you please sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. See, the unity of the faith is what sanctifies us now. Sanctification, sanctify, the Greek word, it actually means set them apart. For what? For holy service to God. This is included in this. If you take this out, then you're not experiencing this. Here's what sanctification really means for you and I right here, right now. Sanctification is the process of becoming in practice who we already are in position. Remember, when I came to Christ 
and I put my faith in Jesus Christ, I became a new person. I got a whole new life. I got a whole new reality, a whole new experience. But I, but I came with my bag. Did you see that? Now I'm becoming in practice who I already am in position. I've already been washed clean and made holy. But I just don't always act like it. But he's not done with me yet. He who began the good work in us, he's the one who's faithful to see it to completion. Amen? So I always say now, yes, amen. See, here's how it works. I surrender and submit to my Savior. And I take the next step as he leads me. Moment to moment, day to day, hour to hour. That's what following Jesus looks like. You know what God's will is for my life? It's real simple. The next right thing to do. That's God's will. You can get real confused. What's God's will for me? I don't know God's will for me. You know what God's will, God's will is? The next right thing to do. You hear his word. Don't just, don't just let it go out of you. You hear his word. Respond to it. That's your next step. That's how you follow Jesus. And then he changes us from the inside out. If we will just take the step, he empowers us to stand stable and take the next step. This is not me on my own effort. This is me saying, I can't, but you can. And so I turn to you. I follow you. Right? I join him in what he's doing in my life. I can always say we can go the easy way or the hard way. I've spent a lot of life going the hard way. I don't know about you. I want to join him, this divine human partnership. You know, now that I'm in Christ, the Bible says, Jesus himself said, nothing and no one can snatch me out of his hand. I, the gift can never go away. Amen. I can't even give it away. I've been saved. I've received eternal life. And Jesus said, nothing can take that away now. Nothing can separate me from him. You see, me and Jesus. Now, I, I can, by my behavior, I can let go of his hand, but he never lets go of mine. You ever see that with a child? You, you grab a child. What's one, you, know what, you know what immaturity looks like? Ugh. The child will let go of your hand all the time because they're still immature. But as they, as they grow older, they'll hold on. And pretty soon, you're not even standing with them, but they're holding on, right? They're now following you faithfully. They're now, they're now growing. So... What, so what, now what? That's how I look at the scriptures. What's it saying? What did the scripture just say? That was big. That was a lot of words. What does that mean? Okay, so what does it have to do with me? And what do I do with it? I hope that can help you. It's helped me over the years. Simple. What, so what, now what? What does the word say? So what does it mean to me? Now what do I do with it? That's how I follow Jesus. I always say keep it simple, smarty. That's how it's got to be for me. What did all that just say? Here's what it said. You and I are to be growing, to be unified in faith. That's you and I coming together in and under the word of God, unified in faith, standing mature in his teachings. See, if you and I don't stand together in his teachings, we don't stand mature. We're not unified in the faith. Filled with intimate knowledge of Jesus. Intimate. See, Ham always says intimacy means into me, see, this is deep experiential knowledge. This is, this is not head knowledge. This is husband and wife know each other. Whether they always like each other or not, that's another question. But they know each other like nobody else can know. It's even beyond that. Becoming fully conformed into the likeness of Jesus. Okay, take your next step. What does your next step look like? Here's what our next step looks like. For, there's no, none of us in here can say, we don't have a step to take. Time to take off the bib and put on the towel. 
If nothing else today, I hope that sinks in. I know it seems a little harsh. It almost seems rude and crude. But that's, that's, that's pretty much what the scripture said. That's in 2019 vernacular right there. <laughs> Are you in agreement with it? Amen. Thank you for that. All right. So take off the bib and put on the towel. What would my next step look like? It might look like this. It might look like faithfully attend church. A couple months ago, Pastor Hyden shared statistics with us that the average church attender uh, now, one time a month. And then if you're considered faithful, somewhat faithful, two times. It's almost radical to go three times. Four times a month, you must be the pastor. (laughs) Pastor Hyden basically said to us, he literally said, come on, we can do better. What he was saying was, come on, walk church. We're more mature than that. Right? Faithfully attend church. God's word says, let us not forsake the gathering together of ourselves as some are in the habit of doing. Our brother George Hernandez, Jorge Hernandez, he oversees our kids' ministry. We were in study last year together, studying becoming kingdom disciples, heaven's representatives on earth. We were talking about it. Some of you were there. And he was testifying that, man, God, God is still working in me and on me. And, man, he's, since I came to Christ, he just keeps changing me. I keep learning more, and I'm growing. And, I'm, and you know what I do? I just started showing up. I just committed to showing up. And he said, that's, people have asked me, George, what is your secret? How have you? And he said, I show up and I keep showing up. I got so excited. I was like, yes, that's my testimony. 30 years ago, that's what I said. I don't know much. I, don't, I, I got a whole bunch of baggage. I, but one thing I can do, I can show up. I've been saying something for years. Forgive me for my language. You keep putting your butt in that seat and your heart will follow. It will amen amen thank you for that i know take off the bib and pick up a towel keep putting your keep putting your rear in the seat and the heart will follow faith comes by hearing by hearing the word of god if you come to church once or twice a month let's just say that's your lifestyle you hear the word of god you and i get to come into the unity of the faith for what a total of an hour in a month 30 minutes here 30 minutes there how are we going to mature how are we going to unpack the amazing gift of, that we've been given? How are we going to experience this thing and help others to experience it? Commit to showing up. Don't be afraid of that word. Some people think that, that flies in the face of grace. No. Daniel resolved in his heart not to sin. That just means you decide up front. You take a decision. Some of you here committed to studying something, going to school, vocational stuff. Some go to the gym, work out. You make commitments all the time. Marriage is a covenant. That's commitment at the highest level. Without that, you can't be successful. Don't be afraid to commit. Yes means yes and no means no. Commit to showing up. See, one of the things of spiritual immaturity is inconsistency and unfaithfulness. Part of maturity is the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. What does immaturity look like? The opposite of all those. The opposite of faithfulness, inconsistent, not committed. You see? Take your next step today. Be in a charge group. That's where we experience body life, one anothering. Jesus said, here's how you follow me. Love one another like I loved you. Community is how we are called to do life. It's part of our calling. It's an amazing invitation. It's just that you and I live in such an individualistic society, it's foreign to us. 
About 25 years ago, Sam and I went to our first charge group. And to us, at first, it was weird to us. Uh, we don't know. Oh, they sang, they prayed. Mm, opening the Bible at home? We don't know much. But then we talked about it. We could ask questions. And then we said, we, we, that was kind of cool. We like that. That sounds like what we read in Acts chapter 2. That sounds like this scripture, that scripture. Wait a minute. That's how the Christian life's supposed to be. We kept going. We've been going ever since. That was a crossroads in our journey with God. When we started going to charge group, man, the gift popped open. Come on. Be in a charge group. How about our monthly prayer meeting? How about serving? Join a serving team. Time to take off the bib. Put on a towel. We're not saying you have to have all maturity. No. We, bring, we are the body of Christ. All the parts belong to all the other parts. That's what the Bible says. Monthly prayer gathering. Keep showing up. Put yourself in a position to hear and to have the unity of the faith. That's what matures us. That's what grows us. And then the other is spend time with God. Now, in, the reason these four are so important is because when we do these four, we're automatically spending time with God. When two or more are gathered in my name on official Jesus business... He shows up in an amazing way. It's part of how we get to experience Jesus now. One of the most powerful realities of, of experiencing the presence of Jesus is when you and I are together in the unity of the faith. Jesus manifests himself among us. The scripture talks about that. So, what's the heart of the message today? Remember, time to take it off and time to put it on. All right? Take your next step. What does it look like? You cannot know Jesus Christ, that intimate knowing, until you follow him. Keep following him if you already are. Start following him if you never have. Hearing and doing go hand in hand. If you heard something from the Lord today, what are you going to do with it? Don't let it just come in be some educational information. The Word of God changes us from the inside out. But we have to, we have to allow it to go in. The, the Word of God is the seed to the kingdom of heaven. The seed has to come in, and the seed now has to grow, and it produces a, a whole new life, kingdom life. Let's answer these two questions. What's the one thing that you know right here, right now, the one thing the first thing that comes to your mind, that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is asking you to let go of that thing. Surrender it to him. Release it. Don't keep holding on to it. Don't keep reaching for it. Reach for him. Repent from. Remember what repentance means? God, you're right. I'm wrong. I agree with you, and I'm moving back to your side. It's an amazing thing. You know, I repent every day, probably 10 times a day. It's awesome. I start going my own, Lord, thank you. And I turn back. But what is he asking you to let go of? And now, what's he asking you to embrace, to begin doing, to begin obeying? What is that thing for you? Is it commit to showing up? Maybe some of you were doing all those things. You know, church, small group, prayer meeting, you're serving. You're doing those things. What's your next step? You know, people would say to Siam and I, I could never do what you did. Going to Africa. Oh, man, you're so mature. We'd say, ah, don't say that. That's nonsense. You know what we did? We took our next step in our journey as God was leading us. 
we knew without a shadow of a doubt. We heard from him in his word, in our spirits. We just heard from him. Now we had a choice, and we said yes. And with all the baggage, we went ahead and went. And he did amazing things. It wasn't about our, our ability. It was about our availability. What's your next step? The one thing that comes to your mind right now. Is it time with God? Is it work? Workaholic? Is it what you look at? What you watch? Is it pride on the inside? Judgment of other people? You think you're smarter than everybody else? Your ideas and your thinking? How come other people don't think this way? What is it for you? Those of you who are in Christ, I encourage you, take that next step today. All right, and those of you who have never yet taken that first step, I encourage you today. Now, you know, there's other gifts in, in here. Too. We can't unpack it all today, just a little. But, you know, those who come to Christ here at Walk are given this book, Experiencing God Day by Day. The message today, the stuff we were talking about, you know, it has everything to do with experiencing God. You know, it's possible to come to Christ in faith and to receive salvation, to be born again. And then from that point forward, you never really experience God. Because we never grow. We never mature. We remain childlike. Experiencing God day by day. That's really what we're talking about. If you have never accepted Christ as your Savior, then I encourage you today to do that. You've never experienced that free gift, the gift of eternal life. You've never said, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior and I can't save myself. Jesus, you're the Savior. He said, anyone who calls on his name, the name of the Lord, will be saved. I invite you right now to pray with me.